The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say S&S Roofing for your free bid. Uh, Gordon, let's let's play some sound in this segment. We got we got plenty of time. Let's uh, let's get to a couple of uh, different things, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, have you? Did you follow the Kevin Durant, uh, Steve Kerr story from yesterday at all? Uh, I did not. Gordon? Inform me. Okay. Well, for, first of all, um, it it never. It's really weird that Kevin Durant is so touchy on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, it's kind of cool in a way because it's actually him and it's him interacting and that sort of thing, which I I admire because so many people just you know hand it off to their cousin or assistant or whatever to, to run their social media whereas Kevin it's definitely Kevin Durant doing it you know didn't he used to have burner accounts and whatnot yes he has uh, been uh, well yeah he he has been caught using a burner account before but that that aside I, I do think it's cool that um, that he does personally respond to things even though he is a bit sensitive uh, but Steve Kerr went on a podcast. All right. And he talked uh, for a long time and he ended up talking about uh, he did a comparison between the final year of kind of the Warriors big run and last year. And a guy named Drew Schiller uh, listened to the podcast and tweeted this out, said Steve Kerr told the host of the podcast he enjoyed last season. And then in parentheses, Drew put when the Warriors went uh, 15 and 50. Uh, more than Kevin Durant's final season with the Warriors. Quote, that last year was tough. There was a lot going on, some that you know about and some that you don't. That was very difficult, unquote. So that was Schiller's whole tweet. Uh, Kevin Durant responded and said, this is hilarious. That's all he said, responding to the tweet. This is hilarious. And then uh, Kevin Durant interacted with somebody else uh, on on Twitter talking about it, but didn't really say anything, as Kevin Durant often doesn't. But uh, Steve Kerr got word that uh, that tweet was sent out by Drew Schiller and that Kevin Durant responded. And Steve uh, brought it up at the beginning of his press conference. Wasn't asked about it. He just dove right in. And this is a few minutes long, so bear with us. But I I think it's worth listening to the the whole thing and listen to Steve Kerr talk about why he was bothered – uh, by the online exchange. Here you go. Uh, the, the second thing I wanted to bring up is uh, Raymond alerted me to something. I, I did a podcast a few nights ago with uh, Logan Murdoch, and I mentioned uh, during the podcast that uh, last season, in which we had the worst record in the league, was more enjoyable from a coaching standpoint than the previous season when we lost in the finals. And uh, the context um, was uh, basically that after the five-year run, that we were on uh, that fifth year was just an absolute bear. It was the stress level, um, uh, you know, two uh, season ending injuries during the finals. Um, 
you know, DeMarcus also had a serious injury that took him out of the playoffs for six weeks. We had all kinds of stress. The whole point of the conversation was this, the stress of the, uh, the five-year run compared to coaching a team of young guys that doesn't win any game, many games, uh, but is eager to learn. And I made the comment sort of offhanded that last year was more enjoyable um, than that previous season. Um, and that was, and I, you know, that was it. That was my comment. Drew Schiller decided to tweet today that Steve Kerr said he enjoyed last season more than Kevin Durant's last year with the Warriors. Okay. So I want to make this extremely clear. If you, uh, if you want to um, actually get the story accurate, I encourage you to listen to the podcast before um, we sort of take this story into offshoots and, and uh, use that as my quote, because um, th- that is the furthest thing from the truth. It was a terribly unfair shot. Um, completely taking something out of context to the point where people are going to read it and think that that was my quote. Um, and you guys have all been very fair to me over the years, and I rarely have any complaints. I know that uh, I am fair game for criticism anytime, um, anytime we play a game. I'm going to make bad decisions that you can criticize. I'm going to uh, do plenty of things that you can criticize, and I deserve it. Uh, but to take that comment and put it in uh, the, the second comment and put it into a tweet and send it out into the universe was so irresponsible and damaging. And I'm angry. Um, and I know what's going to happen. I know this is going to be taken out and onto the morning shows and, and people are going to be talking about it and they're going to use what, what they think is a quote that is actually something that's completely made up. Um, I'm not happy. Um, I think it's, uh, it's wrong. And um, I, I, again, I, I try to be candid. I try to, to share everything so that our fans know, you know, uh, what our team's going through, what I'm going through. We like to share our story. It's a big part of promoting our team. Um, so this is, uh, this is really concerning for me. It's part of modern media maybe, but um, it's, it's dead wrong and I'm, I'm upset about it. Um, so having said that, wants to start. Steve, did you hear from KD or his feelings in the mix? Did this really kick some No, no, but Raymond told me that there was a tweet exchange and and now it's like supposedly a story which um is is the reason I'm bringing this up. It's it's ridiculous. You you guys you guys know this um you know, we've uh, we are, we are so thankful for uh um you know, everything that's happened over the years uh, here and, and through, through, throughout our, our run, we've had so many uh, great moments, great players. And Kevin, you know, uh, is celebrated here. You guys all know that he had an amazing run. We, we absolutely wish him well. Um, and we've done that from the start. And, and uh, that's why I'm so angry about this, because this is uh, this complete BS. Uh, and listen to listen to the podcast if you'd like to to actually listen to my words and then draw your own conclusion from there. So that was Steve Kerr responding to Drew uh, Schiller. Now, Gordon, there is an update to the story. 
uh, Drew tweeted this out. He tweeted out a statement, and here's what the, the tweet said, and then I'll read the statement. He says, Steve Kerr called me out Monday night during his media session with reporters, and I deserved it, said Drew. And then here's his whole statement. He said, earlier Monday, when I sent a tweet that made it sound as if Warriors coach Steve Kerr specifically mentioned Kevin Durant when comparing the 18, 19, and 19, 20 seasons, Kerr absolutely did not. And then he gives the exact quote, which actually Steve summed up nicely there, so I won't uh, read it. But then he says, I should have tweeted Kerr's specific words. The 2015-16 NBA Coach of the Year said my tweet was terribly unfair and wrong and irresponsible. He is correct. I expressed that sentiment to him and apologized for my mistake during a phone conversation Monday night. So I'm glad the the writer took a little uh, responsibility because I, I can see why Steve Kerr was bothered. Well, it sounds like he took a lot of responsibility. Sounds like he took all the responsibility. Yep, which is good. Yeah. So sometimes mistakes are made, and uh, Steve was bothered by it, and uh, I'm glad that happened, and I'm glad the the record could be set straight. I do think it's an issue, and uh, with and I don't want to get caught up in whenever anybody says the media. We you know it's this big large blanket statement, but there is a thing out there with reporters or influencers or whatever title you want to put out there where they'll take a piece that is inflammatory, isolate it, and then put it out into the world. And I get Steve's complaint there where he said I was giving a thoughtful answer on a podcast. And they pick out one sentence, and that's what makes all the headlines. And I, I'm sure Steve was—he was obviously bothered that Kevin Durant got the wrong impression because Kevin uh, obviously didn't listen to the whole cut on the on the podcast. And I could see why that would bother him. But I do think that's an example of something that we see a lot, where there's just no context to things anymore. There's no—you uh, know—it's so punchy in the face to the point, and we we jump to the most radical conclusions without the subtlety of critical thought. And I think it's uh, I, I think it's this is an example of a bigger issue. Well, right, because the way that was presented, it sounded as though it was because of Kevin Durant that he had a miserable season. Right. Which was not <laughs> what Steve was saying. I totally no. get what Steve was saying, yeah. by the way. That makes a lot about, of sense. Yeah, he was talking about the pressure that builds over uh, that kind of run and that uh, I can see why that could get to to a coach. And so, yeah, Um well, I'm glad. I'm glad the guy apologized, and that that could be set straight, because uh, yeah, uh, that that's the way it should happen. And sometimes things do get uh, twisted a little bit, and uh, you know, in this business we're in, sometimes you and I might discuss something on the air that was just one snippet, as far as an overall, uh, you know, message, and and you know, we we can make mistakes sometimes. Well, see, I, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I'm, I'm complaining about this, yet I do it to you all the time. In a humorous way. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do it to Gordon about twice a segment. You'd, but you never go to Gordon's columns and, and take no. them out of context. No, and, and I'm just joking when I do it as well. But, Trying to do a good radio. And, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Gordon. This is honestly a big concern of mine, a peek behind the curtain of what I do when I put together these 35-second promos of the show that run tomorrow. So I'll take 30 seconds of today's four yeah. hours, five hours, and put it on, and it'll run all day tomorrow on The Zone. And I'm always constantly concerned that breaking down five hours into 30 seconds, it's you'll hard. lose a lot of context, yeah. and I don't want to paint you guys in a corner of things you didn't say or didn't mean to say in a certain context. But that's not this. This was deliberate right. by this guy. Because Durant's name was never mentioned. No. It was never brought up. 
And he just, it, it's true that that was Durant's last season, but that was not the context. That of was this not comment. The, right. the point that yeah. Steve Kerr was making. And by the way, do you, you, you make an interesting point, Austin. I actually think you're pretty good at it, at, uh, at getting the, the real crux of the situation out in a 30 second clip. And that's, that's the problem with Twitter, where you have, how many characters do you even have on Twitter anymore? I don't even 40, know. something like Two, that. Two, something, yeah. whatever. Or even in a nightly newscast. Where you're you're boiling all the events of the world down into thirty minutes? Yeah, you're gonna you will lose some of the full context in in essence of time. Right, and so you would hope that whoever's editing that would be responsible, and they they would have gone to school for these reasons, and and would have you know professional ethics and that sort of thing. But all that sort of stuff gets lost on Twitter a lot of times, right? And when people are just looking for attention, and actually there's some connective tissue to the Paul Feinbaum, Lane Kiffin thing we're, we're about to play, but where you want the attention or to make a name or to get retweets or likes or, or whatever you want to measure it by, there's this, this, you know, oh, okay, well, that's somewhat controversial if I isolate it because Kevin Durant was on that team. So he's obviously bagging on Kevin Durant. Type, 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 tweet. And that and wasn't the, fact the story. That, the fact that it's Steve Kerr who's doing the talking carries a lot of weight too. And that, like, well, an yeah, example but... of this, an example of this would be what we just talked about with Boyan Bogdanovich. I said something along the lines of Boyan Bogdanovich has sucked, you know, or Boyan Bogdanovich sucks uh, over a period of time. But if you just say Boyan Bogdanovich sucks, cut that, then. Yeah. Then and and and, uh, and then and then the next sentence is yeah, but he shouldn't be benched. He needs to shoot his way out of it. You know, if Steve Kerr were to say something like that, or Quinn Snyder or something, and not that he would say that, but if he said something that was semi-aggressive, but then there's uh, you know a, a phrase that comes after it, but that part gets left out, then obviously everything is altered. But here's the problem, Gordon, and, and this this really is the problem. Steve Kerr is saying. You know, that last year uh, of the run was really tough. There was a lot of pressure. There were some things that didn't go our way. Injuries, you know, those sorts of things that were really difficult for us. And the next year it was a little looser because the pressure was off and the wins and losses weren't followed so closely. And I could get back to just coaching young players and helping them get better. You know what that is? That's boring. You know what's not boring? Steve Kerr hates Kevin Durant. That's not boring. You know what's boring? Steve Kerr going, oh, man, I just could exhale and get back to X's and O's and helping young players get better. Snooze fest. That's not getting a single like or retweet. Nobody cares about that. I mean, Steve had to pub the podcast two times in his comments probably to get the get the listens up because nobody cares. But you know what okay. people care about is, wow, Steve Kerr really hated coaching Kevin Durant. But Even though that's complete fiction. Even though that's not yeah. true at all. What's happening in our business to some extent is that people say things that might be completely in inaccurate. I mean, you and I talk all the time, and we may make mistakes, but I don't think we do it intentionally, you know. Uh, but who's somebody, who's somebody that is known for bombastic statements in our business? Gordon Monson. No, somebody this <laughs> one. Uh, let's skip Bayless, your guy. Yeah, it's a great example. Okay, Skip Bayless says all these things, many of which may be erroneous, but guess who's making millions of dollars? Skip Bayless. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's an interesting world we've built ourselves with uh, the advancement in communication. It 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 creates as many problems as it solves.
Let me say that. Yeah. Um, okay, Gordon. Now uh, let's get to this uh, this Paul Feinbaum, Lane Kiffin stuff because I, I found it incredibly awkward slash. Hilarious. Do you like nails on a chalkboard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, I, this was today, <laughs> I believe. Uh, Lane Kiffin went on uh, Paul Feinbaum's show, and uh, they have some history which uh, they were more than happy to explain. For me to make uh, you feel old is quite an accomplishment for someone of my age. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. That's the first compliment you ever given me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I try hard. I mean, I, I, I search the, uh, I search Twitter trying to find something good to say about you, but I'm, I'm struggling coach. Uh, anyway, in terms, in terms well, of the season, you, st- um, you still, let's make sure everybody knows you still owe me because you did get me fired at USC that Saturday morning by saying I'm the Miley Cyrus of college football, which we've helped you since. then. that's not really a put down. Yeah, for for those who uh, who uh, who didn't see this, and I'm 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 blushing even beyond the, the normal blush of makeup. Uh, I, I said that on College Game Day. It was my first year at ESPN, Coach. I I was trying to make a name for myself, and and I, unfortunately, you just happened to be the next victim. I, I I I do feel badly about that. Well, don't worry. We helped you. We gave up 62 points that day, so um, it wasn't all you. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, it wouldn't have hurt if you won the game. I mean, I, yes. I didn't make that story up that you were struggling out there in terms. In fact, I, I may have been pretty prescient uh, predicting your downfall. But uh, to continue this uh, soap opera on, I ran into you two weeks later. Uh, you were mm-hmm. on game day in uh, in uh, Seattle, Washington. And I, I really uh, I wrote a chapter about this in a book. I, I thought you were going to kill me. <laughs> That, that's what some of the people on, on set, I think, were worried about that they said. Um, but we became good friends. And so you still have the Tennessee, t- Tennessee thing deep down in you, too. So I understand. It, you know, healing takes time. <laughs> you still have the Tennessee thing, too. But healing takes time, Paul. Talk about a ping pong match. Yeah, so cringeworthy. But I love Lane Kiffin. He's not going to hide from it. He's not going to play the game. He's like, hey, let's remind everybody what we're talking about here. You called me the Miley Cyrus of college football. It got me fired at USC. And Paul's like, yeah, yeah, I did do that. I did. I, I knew what I was doing. I was trying to make a name for myself <laughs> off of off of killing you. Yep. And then and then he follows that with a yeah, but you kind of did deserve it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just that was awkward. And was then fun. promotes his book. And then promote that. But what a slime bucket. Isn't that, didn't Paul, though, admit to what we're talking about? Like, I'm going to say those things about you in that way to get more attention and to further my career and prerogative. I mean, isn't that what we're talking about here? Yeah. That, this would be... And then, and then that, that Paul would throw out the excuse. So it's like, oh, I was trying to make a name for myself and it was my first year at ESPN. And uh... Yeah, Paul did that the made, exact that opposite that of what Drew Schiller Yes, he did. That, right. that makes it even worse. You know, I agree. I totally that kind agree. Of, that kind of admission that uh, I don't care whether it was true or not or whatever. I just want is self-interested. I was saying it to get ahead. Yep. Yep. yep 100%. I totally agree with you. But I love it but that they, Lane Kiffin they, doesn't let him off the hook. I thought that was the, amazing. The comment at the end about we're still friends and all this stuff. Do they sound like friends to you? Nope. Not one bit. 
and they don't look it either. No, they if you don't. get it's a chance so, to to so take a look awkward. at this, it's so awkward. it's painful. But I it's don't amazing. have any problem. I don't have any problem with some sort of confrontation. I mean, that's going to happen at times, and so what if it does? But but to admit that you were absolutely skewing things uh, just to uh, to get attention that's. That's something that people accuse us of sometimes, but it's rarely true. Or is it? Uh, or is it always true, and it's just nothing? Something anyone says out loud? No, it's well, I don't know. Maybe for him, but for us, uh, you know, I don't think you say things. Uh, you brought up Skip Bayless. That's exactly what he does. I'm talking about me and you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were talking about the the royal we. Excuse no. me. No, I, you and I try to do an engaging sports radio show. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. If we get to, uh, you, you know, I don't think either one of us says things to get attention because usually that's negative. No, and I've been <laughs> and I've been wrong. I mean, I've been wrong plenty of times. Oh, Chester but does. It's, it's, that's true. It's it's not uh, it's not done on purpose to try and to uh, stir things up and people. You know, you hear that a lot. You're stirring the pot and all. So no, no, it's not what we do. We try to say things. Uh, uh, the way we see them, and uh, if if we're wrong, then we're wrong. But uh, we don't we don't say things just to say them to try and get attention. I mean, are you kidding me? At this point in my career, I don't need attention. I don't want it. It just doesn't matter to me. But for some people, it's uh, sort of an ongoing thirst. I try to trick you into saying crazy things. I'll admit it. Well, you just you just. You just erode away at my credibility because I you say all my stories are, are fictitious. <laughs> well, if you tell non-fictitious so stories, then I wouldn't do that. They are all true, except for the one about the flying, the flying V uh, hockey formation. That was from a movie, and uh, Puxley McG- McGruff or whatever that was. You know. Yeah, and the the torrid love affair with Juice Newton is true. I got, at no time I did I ever say it was a torrid love affair. And Wait, the bases she, empty grand slam. You, you, you no, said that, you, that's a hundred percent true. I swear. <laughs> you said you shacked up with Juice in her apartment or something like that. <laughs> I did not. I said my wife and I stayed at her condo once, and I didn't even know it was hers. Well, it's your personal life, buddy. <laughs> it's just. It's so <laughs> so if you stupid. want a if you want a torrid love affair in your future, let's get then out of the zone phone. Andrew? Joining us now from Wasatch <laughs> Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. What's going on, Andrew? Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, we're we're good and and we're laughing. But uh, seriously, if if you know, love's a big part of life, and if people want to get that that spark back and uh, get that part of their life back, there's something they can do about it. Yeah, the uh, someday, soon maybe, the pill for ED may be a thing of the past. Uh, every month it seems like a new clinical study comes out showing that our acoustic wave therapy, the exact technology we use, opens up and regrows blood vessels. A great thing for a guy struggling with ED. One of the leading causes of ED is uh, the hardening up of blood vessels, probably as we eat or age or whatever. Um, those blood vessels can't dilate when the timing is right in the bedroom. Our treatments soften that and regrow blood vessels so that when the timing is right, the blood flows properly. We have seen guys get off the pill completely, turn back the clock. Uh, I've had many guys in their 50s and 60s, 70s even say, I'm functioning like in my 40s or like in my 30s. And that's a great thing to hear. Uh, If you're out there struggling with ED, you no longer have to take 
the pill or deal with the side effects. Treat the problem, not the symptom. Is it that simple? Uh, you, you know, it really is. It's kind of like you get the flu and you say, well, it's a fever issue. And it really isn't a fever issue. You got, there's something else going on. And that's what we're doing. When we repair the blood vessels, you don't have to take the pill. You don't have to use injections. Things work like they used to when you were in your younger years. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. 801-901-8000. Go see the doctor. Find out if this is a good fit. And uh, you can get some other free stuff as well. There's a lot of free. The exam, the assessment, the blood flow ultrasound, uh, plus a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. Guys, love that. Give us a call now. There's no charge to any of it. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going to talk a little college basketball coming up next. Uh, we're going to have a conversation with Greg Peterson. He's the host of Hoopin' with Hoops podcast. That's straight ahead on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars. You're locked on to the big show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah, this is uh, Total Quest Tuesday, songs that elicit memories. This was my wedding song. That's a good memory. It's nice. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to our friend uh, Greg Peterson of the Hoopin' with Hoops podcast uh, coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on what we're seeing at the uh, with the NCAA tournament and the Pac-12 catching fire. Yes. Four teams in the Sweet 16. Yeah. i got to admit, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I know a lot of people are making a big deal out of it. I, I don't know how big a deal it is, but I, I'm surprised that there's that much success going out of the Pac-12. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have predicted four. Uh, there are specifics that I'm surprised about. I'm certainly surprised about Oregon State. Yeah. Um, I, and the Beavers, you know, Wayne Tinkle's a good coach, so it's not, you, you know, it's not like we're talking about the, uh, you know, the bottom of the barrel of the Pac-12, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised the Beavs have been as, as good as they are. I, I'm surprised UCLA beat Michigan State, and I'm certainly surprised that uh, that USC creamed Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little surprised they beat Kansas to begin with, but to beat the pants off them 85-51, to 51, yeah, that, that certainly was surprising. Crazy. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from the Hoopin' with Hoops podcast, he's Greg Peterson with us here on the big show. Hi, Greg. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, we're doing great. Um, we're just talking about the Pac-12's performance in the NCAA tournament thus far. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of debating if it was surprising, but I think that's the, an easy answer. Yes, it's very surprising. <laughs> it certainly is. And let's face it, the board is broken right for them a little bit. Now, Oregon State, they had to earn their way. No ifs or buts about it. You had to go up against Oklahoma State, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball, and a well-coached Tennessee team. So there was that. But, I mean, obviously with UCLA, you wind up drawing, in my opinion, a BYU team that was a little bit overseeded as a six. I would have probably put them a little bit more in that seven, maybe an eight seed range. So they catch a little bit of a break there. And then, obviously, 
obviously the 14 seed. You can never really bank on that, and they were able to get to the Sweet 16 that way. But I, what really impressed me was Oregon. You, we haven't seen a situation in which a team got a bye to the round of 32 since the field expanded to 64 in the 1980s. So they're coming in a little bit cold against an Iowa team that, as we know, lights it up on offense, and they just wound up completely blitzing them in the first half. So been thoroughly impressed by the Pac-12 in this tournament. What's been the biggest surprise of all the stuff that's gone on, and there's been a lot of craziness here, what shocked you the most? I would say Emily Christian knocking off Texas by shooting less than 30% from the floor. That's just something that you don't see. I personally actually wound up having Oral Roberts over Ohio State in my bracket. It is documented and everything like that. Now I also had Oral Roberts losing to Florida, and I had Illinois winning the national championship as three of my final four teams are out, but I'm able to hang my head on that one, so I'm feeling very good there. But, I mean, of everything that wound up happening, Evelyn Christian winning that game against Texas, and Texas just not looking good in general in that one was so surprising because we saw how UCLA was able to handle that Abilene Christian team yesterday. I want to ask you about the Big Ten, and uh, I, I mentioned Ken Pomeroy because he's actually he lives here in uh, in Utah, and we know him very well. But he had the Big Ten as one of the best conferences of all time, really, this year, um, and and how good they were, and that hasn't proven to be the case in the NCAA tournament. Is that uh, our our guy Ken had them a little overrated, or is it uh, more they just had uh, a bad coincidence of bad runs? I think that it's a wide variety of things. Did we probably put the Big Ten and for that matter the Pac and for that matter the Big Twelve as well, because both of those conferences have really struggled. The only team that really got to the Sweet Sixteen from the Big Twelve is Baylor, so I think we need to put them in the same vein, but it's you're taking a look at it. I do feel like we overrate these conferences a little bit too much, but it's due to a wide variety of things. For one, we had fewer non-conference games, so we had a little bit of a smaller sample size to be able to base these conferences around because a lot of these conferences wound up playing 20 in-conference games. So a lot of the competition that we wound up seeing was Big Ten on Big Ten, Big 12 on Big 12, Pac-12 on Pac-12, what have you. So you've got that aspect of it. And then it's just matchups in general. As they always say in boxing, matchups make fights. And, I mean, you just take a look at some of the draws that these teams wound up getting for Illinois facing off against Loyola Chicago. We talk about how bad it is for Loyola Chicago. The fact that they had to go up against Illinois in the round of 32 works both ways because Illinois and Chicago should not have been an 18. They probably should have been a 16. It was a deficitary for both of those teams that they had to meet up so early. You take a look at what you wound up having for Iowa. I felt like Oregon was one of the better seven seeds. Yeah, I had no idea how Oregon was going to come out due to the fact that they didn't wind up playing against VCU. But Oregon, always a team that I look at in very high regard. So I think that it's a wide variety of things. And should we be reacting and saying that the Big Ten was a little bit overrated? Yes, but at the same time, we can't judge a conference based on a couple games in March. We have to take a look at the full sample size. So speaking of teams that come from conferences that either are really strong or aren't really strong, Gonzaga has looked good this season, and they look strong now. Are you a believer in the Bulldogs, or do you think they're going to get knocked off along the way? 
I had them going to the national title game personally. I am a believer in this team. I mean, you take a look at wire to wire. They've been the best team in all of college basketball. You've just got so many different players that are able to excel. Drew Timmy has been absolutely amazing for the team. Joel Ayayi is a surprisingly good rebounder. He does a little bit of everything. Corey Kispert, one of the best sharpshooters in all of college basketball. It should come as no shock that Gonzaga is doing what they're doing right now. Now, obviously, you wind up playing against Norfolk State, which... Yeah, it's Norfolk State and then an Oklahoma team that was without their second-leading scorer in Davion Harmon. That certainly is going to help as well. But this is a Gonzaga team that I think myself and so many others expected to make this run, and so far, so good for them. So at this point, they should be the favorite, and rightfully so. They've got so much firepower. If they're able to avoid a team with a very good low-post presence in, I think Michigan might be that team. If Hunter Dickinson is able to stay out of foul trouble and fire all cylinders, that could be their bugaboo. But... I mean, this is a Gonzaga team that I believe that they've now won 26 games by double figures. The best streak that we've seen in 50 years. What are your thoughts on Alabama and their chances? I think that Alabama has a good chance to be able to make the Final Four because they can beat anyone in all of college basketball. Right now, the question is becoming who can be able to knock off Gonzaga. And if Alabama is shooting the way that they did last night, quite frankly, they could probably beat the L.A. Lakers at this point because, I mean, they're just that good from three-point range. But at the same time, if they're missing those outside shots, they can lose to anyone at any given point. So there is a lot of volatility with this Alabama team, but I do think that they match up relatively well against a UCLA team that ranks in the bottom half of college basketball. When it comes to three-point shooting defense, Maryland was sort of built in the same vein. Maryland, a team that likes to play a little bit more slowly, they do a good job on the interior, but they don't really guard the three-point arc. UCLA sort of a little bit of a similar team to Maryland. So I do have my questions with regards to how UCLA is going to be able to hang in that game against Alabama. And I think that they should be at minimum going to the Elite Eight. So I need you to help solve an argument between Jake and me. Uh, We got into this a little bit yesterday and we were talking about how tricky the NCAA tournament is. And sometimes it's a little on the fluky side or luck comes into play. But I was saying that teams that are, that are in the tournament and they win these games, they are showing how good they are. And Jake said sometimes the teams that really aren't as good win anyway. Um, do you have a thought on that? I think what we're noticing in this tournament is it's based on coaching. I think coaching is just so important in March. I revere Dana Altman as a college basketball sage because, I mean, it's no coincidence that year in and year out, Oregon makes runs that we don't necessarily expect. Like two years ago, they had to win the Pac-12 tournament just to be able to get into the NCAA tournament, and then the eventual champion, Virginia, they scared the pants off of them. I mean, it's no coincidence that a couple years earlier, when they were without Chris Boucher, we're seeing what he's doing in the NBA right now. They were able to get to the Final Four even with him injured. That was a run that I don't think is a fluke, and Oregon showed it once again yesterday. Now, granted, you do have sometimes these strange performances, like Abilene Christian shooting under 30% from the field and knocking off Texas. That's a little bit atypical, but in the end, I do think that what it comes down to in March is 
who do you have on the sidelines? So I would say that when it comes to your argument, it's a little bit of both because, I mean, does the better team win? Typically, you're going to get a couple strange results along the way, but what I really look at at this time of year, which coach is better, and typically that wins out. Greg Peterson is with us, host of Hoopin' with, uh, Hoopin' with Hoops podcast. And, uh, Greg, uh, we know you're based down there in Vegas, so I want to ask you about the new hire for the UNLV basketball program. Speaking of coaching, i got to admit, and maybe, you know, I, I like to think since we cover the Mountain West around here that I follow UNLV, uh, you know, fairly closely. But i got to admit, I was, I was really surprised with the hiring of Kevin Kruger. What are your thoughts on that? Well, he's got good bloodlines because you've got Lon Kruger, I swear, has taken about half of college basketball to the NCAA tournament with how many stops that he's made and just how successful he's been. But I mean, this is someone that he's got familiarity with UNLV. He actually used to play under his father back when UNLV, I believe, made the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago. So he is someone that is a little bit known. He used to be an assistant at Oklahoma and was actually an assistant for UNLV the last couple of years. So he does have familiarity. You can tell that he's probably going to try to retain as many of his guys as humanly possible possible and he's someone that has been a really good recruiter as well so I mean the fact that UNLV wound up going from the Kruger coaching tree is not necessarily a big shock to me now everyone was talking up a lot of bigger names for UNLV but overall I do think that this is a solid hire a little bit of a come up and we've seen it with guys like Richard Pitino and company these guys that they wind up being the sons of coaches that have done great things and by and large they've been able to do a relatively okay job you've got a little bit of a mixed bag results with a few of these guys but I do think that this was a relatively solid hire for UNLV even if it doesn't have the sizzle that maybe a lot of the fan base was anticipating. Greg we were wondering uh, since Utah's uh, head coaching position is open we were talking about different candidates for that job. And then there are hot young coaches who are out there who we might not even think of, at least regionally, for that job. Can you name one coach that you think is on the up uh, up and up, is coming up strong and uh, is sort of the next big thing? Um, let's give you one that is currently on the rise right now. I mean, he's more like in his mid-40s, but how about the job that Paul Mills is doing with Oral Roberts? I mean, he's out sort of in that mountain region. He's over there in the state of Oklahoma, but he has to travel to the Dakotas on a week-in and week-out basis. He's done a great job with this Oral Roberts program that, let's face it, it wasn't necessarily looking too good a couple years ago. He now has them in the Sweet 16. We remember Andy Enfield and the run that he was able to make with Florida Gulf Coast. He winds up getting that USC job. So that is someone that I'm going to be certainly taking a look at. The one guy that I also think might be able to make a move, I don't know if he'd be willing to leave more of the Midwest region, but Dennis Gates, he wound up being the coach at Cleveland State. He winds up taking over a program that was just completely in the tank. I mean, he had to go and just get a bunch of JUCO transfers. Cleveland State is a program that was downtrodden, one of the worst teams in college basketball. And in two years, he took them from being a complete and utter joke to going into the NCAA tournament. Now, they got blasted by Houston, but just the fact that they wind up winning the Ryzen League, I think that that's incredibly impressive. Those are two guys I really take a look at. You've obviously got a couple other coaches out here in the big sky. I know that Eastern Washington's coach wound up being hired very recently for the Portland job. So we're seeing a little bit of movement with that regard. But those are two guys that I think you should be keeping an eye on. 
Greg, thank you very much for jumping on with us today. We appreciate the insight. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. It's a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Greg Peterson, check out his podcast, Hoopin' with Hoops. Yeah, the Kevin Kruger thing, I, I, I was really surprised. I mean, like, like we told Greg, we, we try to keep an eye on what's going on down there at UNLV and, and covering the conference, of course, and I, I get it that Lon was a good coach there, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe if he's a good recruiter, maybe that's where he made his bones and sold him on the job. I just I, That surprised me because that, that's a good job, right? Yeah, we, we all have these opinions on coaches that we think, oh, that's a great hire, or that hire sucks. Or we really don't know until the guy gets into it and see what he can do. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's that's up to the AD to worry about whether it's a good one or not. But uh, sometimes you think a guy is smart and capable and, and, uh, and charismatic and sometimes it works and sometimes it, it, it doesn't. I mean, Lon Kruger, he's... He had some great success and some some periods of time that weren't all that great. So why hire his kid then? Because <laughs> you like him? I don't know. I, I mean, you know, Kevin just, he was playing until a few years ago. He's had three assistant jobs. Uh, one was at his dad's school where his dad coaches and one's at his dad's old school. And now as a, is the head coach at his dad's old school. I don't know. I just remember, uh, Gordon, I was down in uh, in Vegas covering the Mountain West tournament and the WCC tournament when they fired Dave Rice. Yeah. And I just remember the, the uproar from the, the fans talking about how the program deserved better and how they should, you know, talk uh, Coach Krzyzewski into coming out west. I mean, that's how they <laughs> valued the, the position there. And Dave Rice, who, by the way, didn't do a bad job at UNLV, and somehow found himself fired. I, th- I thought, boy, I mean, that's a good job, but is it that good? And then it's gone from that to they hired Kevin Kruger, who's 10 years old, and just because his dad was good there? <laughs> I've always thought that Dave Rice would have made a great politician. Why's that? I don't know. He just had a way about him. Uh, and, and he said, in fact, he did consider going into politics. Hmm. Well, I thought he was a pretty good coach at UNLV. Yeah, I mean, he, he was—he he was all right. I mean, maybe. Did you ever have a chance to talk with him? He, yeah, he was. Yeah, I've talked to Dave impressive. a bunch of times. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Uh, he, it, he ranks third all time in wins as a head coach at UNLV. Does he really? Yep. And they ran him out of town on a rail. <laughs> Ninety-eight and fifty-four, yeah. third all time. How about that? Not good enough. Ninety-eight and fifty-four, here. and they ran him out of there. Didn't get a national championship, Jake. And by the way, he's a, a UNLV guy. He was on those those legendary teams under Tark. I think that'd get you more of a break. Well, like I said, it's not just the wins. It's when you win. Uh, unfortunately for some, I suppose. Hmm. Since seven guys did the NBA. In how many years? He was there three, four? Uh, let's see. 11 to 16, four full seasons. Yeah, he's Wow. Sucked. Do you have a list of the guys who, who well, came Well, including Anthony Bennett, who was the number one pick in the draft. Oh, yeah. And Rashad Vaughn. Uh, I don't have the full list, though. Yeah, get that guy out of there. Just bringing in NBA talent and winning basketball games. Come on! Yeah, right. Yeah, right. He loses in the first round of the tournament, so you run that guy out of town. Good call. He won 50, 51 it, it, it games. He wasn't, wasn't mobbed up enough, you know? <laughs> mobbed up? Yeah. Implying the Tarkanian was? Is that a thing? It's a joke. And, you know. Oh, Tarkanian didn't cheat at all. He was clean. Well, cheating and uh, being associated with the mob are two different things. 
<laughs> is the mob out of Vegas, by the way? They cleaned the mob out? Uh, I don't know, but if you get a chance, if you're in Vegas, go to the Mob Museum. It's awesome. Yeah. Right down there on, uh, well, not on Fremont Street, but right by it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll have the Not Sports Report coming up next. Bowler at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. Vegas, your the Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here for my friends at Zero Res. And yeah, the weather's getting a little bit better out there, but uh, keep in mind, all winter long, you've been tracking mud and dirt and dust and dander into your home, and it's time for a little spring cleaning because uh, everything you bring in from outside gets filtered deep down into your carpets. You may not think about it, but your carpet is actually the biggest filter in your house. It collects everything in your vacuum. Does not stand a chance. But luckily, that's where my friends at Zero Res come in. They are the best in the business. They have the best customer service. And of course, they use that patented cleaning system featuring powered water. It's water that's been electrolyzed. It gives it amazing, amazing cleaning properties, but without all the nasty side effects from soaps or shampoos. It's safe for kids, safe for pets, and most importantly, does not leave behind any residue. That residue from the other stuff actually attracts dirt back into your carpets. So with Zero Res, your carpets are going to get cleaner and they're going to stay cleaner longer and it's all been lab tested. Plus, they've got a great deal going on right now for Zone listeners. They'd love to hook you up. Give them a call, 801-288-9376. Tell them Jake from The Zone sent you. They're going to hook you up with just $33 per room clean. Now, minimums do apply, but no maximums. Get the whole house done. $33 per room only with Zero Res, the no residue carpet cleaner. That number again, 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Girl, tell me only this. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, first, got to get over the sentimentality that I am a wash-in now with uh, Austin playing this song. This was one of those songs my wife and I fell in love to. This, uh, this and uh, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> I thought you fell in love with your wife on a ski slope. <laughs> this was bumping out over the ski, ski slopes? No, it was just over that period of time. Anyway, <laughs> what uh, what prompted you to do this? Uh, we're, we're talking about songs that have special memories today. And Total Request Tuesday. I asked you what's a song that has a special memory and you didn't remember one, so I went with that one. No, I, I was going to say that, but I was trying to decide whether I should and then you remembered so 
Anyway. It's because right, I care well, about what th- you said. Thank you for the good memory. Yeah. I do appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I have two things for the non-sports report today, Jake. All right. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. The first one is this. Have you, have you, obviously this has turned into kind of a big thing, but did you see this story about this cinnamon toast crunch? Controversial. Controversial. Yeah, there was shrimp in it or something. Yeah, uh, guy, do you know who uh, Jensen Carp is? Carl, he's a, Carl Carp's he's a, brother? He's a producer, writer, whatever. But anyway, he uh, opened up a package of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and uh, was ready to enjoy that cereal and found what he thinks are two shrimp tails in his package of uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And so he took a picture of it and tweeted it out, I guess. And the General Mills people said that, uh, no, that that was uh, sort of just clumps. I think it was, okay, this is what they said. After further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended, we assure you that there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. And so what happened was uh, Jensen had his wife open the other bag, and to, uh, you know, because it comes in two bags, I guess, and, and it, they found what they think might be dental floss in there. So... They did also find some tape attached to the packaging, so they're starting to wonder whether it had been uh, tampered with. Well, I hate this guy's guts in the first place because he's married to Topanga. Oh, is he? Yeah, uh, Daniel Fischel. So he'd strike one because I didn't get to and he he got to. And then <laughs> secondly, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal ever, ever, ever made. And if he gets Cinnamon Toast Crunch canceled, I'm coming for you. This is Captain Crunch, though. No, no. no. Cinnamon oh, it's toast. cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. You can have cinnamon crunch. Not yeah. only that, but now he's found some dark spots that are attached to some of the cereal, and he thinks it might be rat, rat poo. Has this guy uh, made some bad financial investments lately? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm immediately suspicious. I mean, the pictures—they do look like shrimp tails. Yeah, right, but do. he didn't get the reaction he's wanted to from the shrimp tails. He's like, oh, okay, you explained that one, huh? Well, I just found some dental floss, then. <laughs> Which couldn't possibly be planted by you. Right. You know. well, oh, that, did, are these they, wrap droppings? I'll get my lawyer on the phone. They did find tape attached to the packaging, so they, you know. Yeah, anyway. but those bags are like vacuum sealed or whatever. If somebody had taped one of those back up, wouldn't you notice? Well, yeah, they did. When they when they went back and looked at the other bag, it had tape on it. So he says he, he says he ate a full bowl before he noticed. But that's the thing. Like yeah. if you open a bag of Doritos and then taped it back <laughs> shut, there's no confusing that for an unopened bag yeah, of Doritos. But, uh, yeah, but he's saying that he didn't tape it shut. Maybe somebody else taped it. Right, uh, but, but he but would he have didn't. noticed it would have been taped. That's my point. Not that he well, taped I, it. Well, I think he was talking about the second bag that they found tape on, but I. Austin, you've had uh, you, you've had bad luck with eating something that was kind of disgusting, didn't you? What was, yeah, what was it? Yeah, I, a band aid or something. That's the one. Bit into a hamburger at a place up in Oregon and <laughs> had half a band aid with that bite. So. 
Did you did you chew the band-aid up and No, smoke? I immediately Gross. I immediately felt that there was something I pulled it out as there was a band-aid and I've uh, been in therapy ever since. So can't even look at a band-aid. Well, I don't know. This is uh, this is going to uh, Jake, are you going to go grab yourself a, a box of uh, CTC and eat it up? No, but not because of this story. I'm CTC just, sounds like a drug. Yeah, uh, I uh, I don't eat cereal, so I'm not. What? A, yeah, I'm not a cereal person. I was, I guess, a little bit when I was a kid, but I've never really been cereal guy. Why not? Well, I don't know. Wait, you didn't eat Cheerios. You didn't eat Captain Crunch. You didn't eat. I know you're not that big into sugar, but did you have like Wheaties or did you have cornflakes? Or I, I like Cheerios okay when I was a kid, but I the last bowl of Cheerios I had was probably when I was like 15, maybe. Cinnamon Toast Crunch was okay. Again, haven't had it since teenage years. Just was never that into cereal. And then I have one last thing to add to this. All right, we got to get to bowling. Uh, uh, so. Uh, I know Andrew is waiting for us, but uh, a question for you. I found a story about a woman who named her baby son a certain name. And after three months and everyone calling the baby by that name decided she didn't like it. So she changed it after three months. Is that get a, a, a seal of approval or not? Yeah, fine with me. We had our awesome. uh, we had some neighbors when I was a kid do that with their young baby. Just changed his name. It was like a couple months in. They decided it wasn't a good fit. Ah, that's I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah. Okay. As long as you're not changing it to like yellow yellow pal or something weird. I don't know. In this case, you're wearing uh, yellow shirts. That's why I thought the, that. Okay. The, the mom the mom named her son Cash, and uh, actually after Johnny Cash. But uh, then everybody started doing dollar signs and all this stuff, and so it's, it made her cringe. And so she changed the baby's name at three months to Reuben. Okay. Good times. I'm fine with Alrighty. it. You're not, obviously. No, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It's like once you name a baby a name, you've sort of committed to it, haven't you? All right. Let's uh, jump out of the zone phone. Bowler's coming up next. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but joining us now, of course, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic here to help out uh, our listeners who, uh, you know, a lot of people out there struggle with this, Andrew, and surprisingly few do something about it, and particularly when there's such a great solution right out there for them. Yeah, it may be if you're struggling with ED, uh, you only know about pills. Maybe the doctor has been prescribing you that for a long time. You may also be noticing that you got to take a little bit more of it uh, as time goes on. The side effects, the headaches, all of that. Well, the technology that Wasatch Medical Clinic uses called acoustic wave therapy, the two most advanced versions, uh, this has changed a lot of guys' lives because it opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. More blood flow, that's a great thing in the bedroom. Uh, we've helped... 40-year-old guys get back to their 20s, 60-year-old guys get back to their 40s, get off of the pill. And here's kind of a cool thing that I see, that is increased frequency. Guys tell us about this all the time. So not only better function, better performance, but increased frequency. And I love hearing that they get off the pill and they get rid of all those side effects. And you see guys from all over the map, right? From uh, just losing a little function to total function, right? Yep. The younger guys want to top off their drink, see a lot of that. Um, and then we see a lot of severe ED where 
maybe they're zero or 10 or 20 percent function, and the technology works. In fact, one of the clinical studies intentionally tested men that were no longer even responding to the pill. So I would assume that's severe ED, and it showed a high success rate. You no longer have to struggle, and you can turn back the clock in the bedroom. 801-901-8000. Call that number, get on the schedule, and it's a great time to get in and see you guys right now. There's so much for free. We really believe in delivering a lot of value. Uh, Call us right now. The assessment and the exam will be free. The blood flow ultrasound with our doctor. We've got an enhanced gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. That's been very popular. Uh, And new patients even get free testosterone if you feel a little, uh, you know, lacking drive and ambition. We've got that covered as well, all free. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Bowler joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.